So as you can see, they brought me up this lovely mental with no notes. Uh, what I love was, uh, who remembers last week, Pastor Joy talked about something and something caught my ear when she said, every child has his own bent. And what I've realized for me is that I spend time with God and I pray and I pray and obviously I can get into begging. Who's ever begged God for something? We can beg him. We can say, Lord, if you don't do this for me, then I'm going to look like. But here's the thing about God. Well, yeah, a bit of freedom in the house. Eh? Let's just tone the noise down a bit. <laughs> I don't really want to hear comments. No. But here's the cool thing about God is that God speaks to each and every one of us according to the way we are wired and not according to the way someone else is wired. So for me, unfortunately for me, or fortunately for me, God tends to speak to me on the spot, which puts me so far out there that I'm either going to ride that wave and look awesome or crash and burn, seriously. However, if that's what God is doing to me, how does God speak to you? So we know that there are people that here that need detail, and God loves those people who need detail micromanagement detail. God loves them, just like he loves the others who don't have any detail at all, who uh, book appointments and then realize there's three appointments at exactly the same time on the same day. Whereas he also loves those other people who have a whole diary full of free appointments. And then they start stressing out about how am I going to fill these times up? I need to fill these times up. While the others are just saying, yeah, turn up whenever you want. So that's it. But what I have, and while I'm talking, I'm just tapping in, saying, Lord, what do you want me to say? Because the reason why I wanted everyone, why, why we just wanted to spend time in his presence is because already many of you have already got what you needed for today. But before we leave, I do want to say two things that way, if time runs out, at least I got to them. Because, <laughs> you know, there's a good way where people can, where some orators, they're very good. They start a story and they lead you on their journey and then, bam, there's the punchline and you think, ooh, got it. Then there's others that think that they can do that. And so they start you on a journey. Next minute, time's going on and time's going on and time's going on. And then they're saying, oh, and then, and just to finish, just to finish. And then by the time they hop off, they've missed their main point. So today I want to give you the two main points before I move on. First one is that God is in the business of salvation. Salvation is on God's heart. How do we know? In John 3.16, sorry AV team, don't put anything up. I haven't given them any notes, obviously. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So therefore, he's all about reconciliation and salvation. That's the first thing on God's heart. And what I love about it was the story of the prodigal son. Now, this is just what I'm hearing right now. So the prodigal son, there's many interpretations of that, but I want to bring it to one line. Now, I know that people think that I just chuck scripture out there. And then some people do actually check the references and look at me like, but I'm going to chuck a few out there. I hope they're right. As I said, this is just how God speaks to me, and this is the 
my way. But it's in the Gospels. So it's in the Gospels, and it's where he's talking to the prodigal son. And it's in verse 17. I can't remember the chapter, sorry. But it is in verse 17. And it says this about the story of the prodigal son. It says that then he came to his senses. And what that means is that if we know the story of the prodigal son, and for anyone in here that has never read the Bible, never heard too much about the Word of God, it's just the story of a father and two sons. And one of the sons goes to his dad and says, can I have all my inheritance right now? Because I want to go out and I want to do my own thing. And the father says, absolutely. So he divides the inheritance and he gives one to the son who goes and leaves. Ultimately, the son goes and squanders everything. Parties hard, lives his own life, does whatever he wants. Ends up on poverty line. Working in jobs that he never ever thought that he would work in. Trying to scrape money and everything out of just to provide food for himself. And then one day it says that, then he came to his senses. And this is a picture, a prophetic picture of each and every one of us and many that are out there. It's a prophetic picture where we're struggling and we're striving in our own understanding, in our own ways, in our own means. And what happens is as soon as we turn and say, actually, there's got to be a better life, and we go back to the Father, the Father in that story restores him, puts him back in his house, clothes him, and gives him even more inheritance than what he had when he first started off. So that's the story. So salvation is on God's heart. The second thing that's on God's heart is growth. Remember, we have empower, moving forward. These words should stimulate in us, not, oh, well, that's it. I'm all done, finished, nothing for me. I'm just going to park up now. Empowerment means to say that there are areas in our lives that we need empowering in. It means to say that there's something that is holding me back from achieving something that I could achieve. But right now, it's probably my, my thinking and my thought processes about myself that is stopping me from doing that. So the second thing is growth. So that's the message. Salvation and growth. Now I'm going to just fill in and freestyle a little bit. Got about, what, five minutes, ten minutes? So here's the thing about salvation. Salvation is free. Salvation can happen to anyone at any time. There is no set pattern to salvation. That's the first thing we have to learn about God. God moves out of our scope of what we think. We think he may, we think that we have to get people to a certain place. Then we have to pray a prayer. Then we have to do all this, do that. God can just change someone just like that. He doesn't need our permission. But what he does do is he takes us and he says, here, look, I want to you to walk with me. I want you to show you how, who I am, how I work with people. And that's an honor and a privilege. And each and every one of us have that honor and that privilege of doing that and working with him. However, what stops us? Growth. So God is into salvation. That's the first thing we all need to know. He is into salvation. Every single person that you know that may not believe in him, God is trying to reach out to them and to touch them. He's working with them. Holy Spirit is working in people's hearts. However, if we know that salvation is what God wants, then we have to come to the second bit, which is growth. Now, growth is reliant on us. Salvation is reliant on him. Growth is reliant on us. Now, I'm talking personal growth. Because here's the key thing. You, everyone knows the story of the, or the um, 
analogy of the, what is it, iceberg. 10% at the top, 90% at the bottom. 10% is how we live our lives. Most of us walk around here, we put flash clothes on, the ladies put makeup on, we all walk out our doors, and regardless of what's happened, we walk out, and as soon as we engage the public, say, hello, how are we doing? See, all the fakeness comes, well, I hope it's not fakeness. There's some things I may say, but hey, I'm just freestyling, as you know. But you know, we can go out there and our whole world can be crumbling behind us, but we will make sure that no one sees that crumbling. But what happens when God starts to move the tide out and our iceberg suddenly gets exposed? And so what was now 10%, 11% gets exposed. So that's only 1%. 1% gets exposed. And we all start to think, no, no. People are going to judge me. They're going to think I'm this. They're going to think I'm that. Hey, people already think that. You know, really, let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many, how many times have you guys, now I'm going to go, you guys, not me, no. But how many times can we walk in, we can listen to someone and already we have our preconceived ideas of them and what they are saying. And you can sit there and they could be saying, oh, wow, I've got this and I've done this. And most of us are sitting there thinking, "Mm mm-hmm, whatever. (laughs) And I remember I talked about this when we were over in uh, Peter Grew Arena with the Salvation Team. No, not the Salvation, Testimony Teams. Now, they were the funniest team of all, I thought. Because they were all these professionals in God. Professional as in they should be able to discern the spirit of a person, whether they're telling the truth, whether they're not telling the truth. You know, whether the person is coming up saying, I got healed, I got healed. And they should be able to say, amen, I want to celebrate with you. But I watched the the testimony team and I even got involved in the salvation team. And here's the biggest thing that I found. And I'm sure all of them would testify. A person comes running up. I got healed. And the first thing you think of is, really? (laughs) Preconceived. So God is into growth, and he wants to grow us. But growth means that he's going to have to shift the tide out so that more of that iceberg is exposed. But what happens when it gets exposed? It puts us in a vulnerable state. Why does it put us in a vulnerable state? Because we are now charting territory we haven't charted before. So even for me, I'm standing up here and I'm like, Lord, what can I do? What can I do? And you know what he said to me? Nothing. Oh, that was a joke. No, it wasn't. Yeah, tough crowd this morning. Tough crowd. God said, you can do nothing. I do everything through you. So should I take the pressure off myself? Amen. Should you take the pressure off yourselves? Yes, you should. God will use you when you don't put pressure on yourself. I was just uh, talking earlier with the worship team, and it's funny how we can, and, and you know, like I do this, you know, like they do this, they, they were practicing. And you know, in practice, everything's quite cool and calm because, you know, whether you make a mistake, no one's going to care. It's practice. It's practice, it's practice, it's practice. However, once they walk up on stage and everyone is here, it suddenly becomes a different level. And suddenly you start to realize, oh, I need to up my game a bit. I need to get serious. I need... See what happens? 
Who's been around serious people? Are they fun? No, not <laughs> <laughs> Serious people are fun. <laughs> Do you know why they're fun? Because when you're at peace and they are not, it's actually quite funny. Even though we do not laugh at them, we don't mock them, we support them, but it is quite funny. See, when you're around people outside of these walls and when you're just in your casual attire and your casual hanging out mode, the real you comes forth. And people love the real you. And then we put you in an environment where there's just a few more people and suddenly the real you is hidden, just like the iceberg. All of a sudden you roll the tide in and you cover it up. I think some people could be even operating on 5%. That's all they want us to see of them. But that there does not grow you. What grows you is putting yourselves and myself into spots that is going to force me to grow. So how many of us have read the Bible and we know so much scripture that it says, here's this, go fishing, the only fishing we do is down Hawke's Bay Seafoods. Guaranteed a catch. And I think there's uh, a lot of Christians only like to fish in church. Because they're guaranteed a catch. And yet there's a whole moana, a whole sea out there that we should be fishing in. Why don't you fish in your families? Oh, cut it out. Let's not get too personal. Why don't you fish in your schools? That was a shot at the young people. Oh, they didn't like that one either. I'll get them. Parents, why don't you fish in your workplaces? Oh, that's half pie. (laughs) And what about all of you? Why don't you fish in your families? Man, there's so many catchments that we could be fishing in. Shall we put our hands up, see who's fishing? No, I'm just kidding. So there are many places. That's why I said, first of all, God is into salvation, and he's provided a big catchment for each and every one of us. However, the only thing that will stop us from fishing is our confidence in ourselves. Because what if you put yourself out there and nothing happened? Who's heard those stories about where you put yourself out and nothing happened? Where you prayed for someone and nothing happened? Where you went out of your way and nothing happened? Where you're still praying for people and nothing is happening? Those things tend to make us go. And then what happens is we say, oh, why don't you pray for them? Like, this is no disrespect to anyone, but there was a situation that happened, and this is, see, how God speaks to me is in my head, everything is quite funny. However, when it comes out, it may not actually be funny. So, I just want to go, I just want to make sure that you don't have to laugh. It's better if you do, but if you don't, because if you do, then it makes me feel better. If you don't, then I know I've crossed an invisible line that I'm probably... Most have not have crossed. Anyway, but this is how he speaks to me. So I remember one time up here, we had an altar call. And we had up all of our leaders and everyone was praying for people. 
on, by the way, this is not a smite on any leader. But you know, <laughs> but we had all our leaders out there, they were praying for people and everything. And then I uh, came off the stage and just as I was heading down to the uh, guest lounge, I get called, pastor, pastor, there's a person over here that still needs prayer. And as I'm walking down, I'm like, oh, okay. So I turn around, I go to walk back. And as I'm coming back, I see a person, a lovely person, beautiful person in a wheelchair. And immediately I was like, thank you, Lord. They left the best for me. And I'm like, whoa, I'm going to go after this person. Or was I thinking when I came around this corner, was I thinking, oh, oh, I know why they left this person. And do you think I was saying, yes, Lord, I'm after this one. I know you can. Or do you think I was thinking, where are those leaders? I talk to those leaders. So I was thinking the first one. Because if I wasn't, then I wouldn't have gone. I would have been like those other leaders and walked off. No, I was, I, was, I was conflicted in both. And this is how we can be. We can be conflicted in both areas. One, I know Jesus is real. I know he can touch this person. I know that he is the answer to all their problems. And as I approached, I went to the safety. Do you know that there's a safety that we all can have? And that safety was, I went and as I'm walking, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Come on, Lord, come on, Lord. See, once again, God speaks to me in the moment, not beforehand. So I'm walking, come on, Lord, come on, Lord. So what do I do? I grab the nearest person I can see, and I pull them next to me, and I said, oh, you're coming with me? We're going to pray for this person. Why you are laughing? That's what you do. All right. But see, mine is biblical. Yours isn't. Mine is biblical because it says that Jesus sent them out two by two. Yes, yes. Anyway, you guys would have grabbed them out of fear. I grabbed them out of faith. And then as we approached, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be good. So as we got there, and just as we arrived, of course, being a gentleman, I just happened to grab a, a, a female. So the gentleman inside of me stepped forward. And I said, after you. <laughs> oh, man, come on, get real, people. I know if you were in that same situation, you may have not have thought as fast as I did, but it would have been crossing your mind. And so she got there, she spoke and said, uh, Oh, awesome. Would you like prayer? Yes, thank you. What would you like prayer for? And then the woman turned around and she said, I just want, I don't expect you guys to pray for new limbs, for healing, for all this. I just want prayer that my baby's health will increase and that she'll spend more days in church than out of church. How was that? So, of course, me being the gentleman at that time, the Bible says that, you know, that we are leaders. So I stepped forth. Excuse me. Excuse me. This is my, I'm going to pray. No. But see how we can all have these uh, preconceived ideas about what is happening and what is taking place because we're looking with our natural. God doesn't look in the natural. God knew exactly why that person had come up. God knew exactly 
what he was going to do for that person. And yet here we are in our stinking thinking, going through every worst case scenario that we can possibly go to to convince ourselves not to engage. But God wants us to engage. Why? Because God birthed the whole church and mankind in the supernatural. How do we know? He took dirt and he breathed into it. And then that dirt housed his spirit, which he called Adam. In the New Testament, he brought Jesus, supernaturally birthed and placed his spirit into the womb of a woman. Just before I finish, I want to take us to a story. How do I know growth is on the heart of God? Is because in the Bible, there's a story about where Jesus walks on water. And as he's walking on the water, his disciples are in a boat. First, they don't know, first they don't recognize him. They don't know who he is. They've never seen this before. A person, a human being walking on water. So what's their first initial thought? It's a ghost. Once they start to realize it's Jesus, one man yells out, Peter yells out, Jesus, if that is you, call me. Call me to you. Let me come to you. Jesus says, come. Here's the point I want to make. Jesus was walking on water. Never been done before. That's a supernatural act. Peter, he speaks to Peter and he says, who do men say I am? All the disciples turn around and say, some say you're this person. Some say you're that person. Some say you're this. Peter turns around and says, for you are the son of God. Jesus turns and says, you're now called Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So when he, Peter called to him and Jesus said, come, what was he saying? It's prophetic. He's saying to the church, you're not supposed to be in the boat. You're supposed to be out with me walking in the supernatural. But if we choose to remain in the boat, we will never, ever move in the supernatural. That's why we should always be practicing. We should always take that step. Remember, it doesn't matter whether 99% of the iceberg is exposed. God uses anyone with a heart that says, Lord, use me. I want to be used by you. That's who he's after. He's not after people who can speak well. Moses stuttered. And yet God used him mightily and powerfully. Look at David's life. Look at Joseph. Look at the disciples. What were they? They were just ordinary, average people like you and I, invocations that they probably didn't like, probably just doing what they needed to do to provide money for them and their families to provide and to at least get to the end of their lives and say, well, we achieved something. But God took them and he appointed them and he said to them, you are no longer fishermen. You are now fishers of men. And that's what he's saying to all of us today. We are fishers of men. Each and every one of us sitting in here today, we all have a catchment. We all can get out there and fish. The issue is, is our growth. Just a couple of things I want to encourage you with before we finish. One is 
If you're struggling in your growth, get along like-minded people. Like-minded people will pull you out of the boat. Get along with people who like going out and praying for people, who like seeing the supernatural happening. Get alongside them, because if you don't, you will stay exactly where you are. Because I can tell you this, if you get alongside a negative person, you will become negative. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. But if you get alongside of a positive person, a person who's moving in God, you will become like them. So I encourage you, get along. How can you do this? You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Look, we have connect groups happening all over Hawke's Bay. Get in one. Get alongside other people just like you and I who are trying to make a difference, who are trying to get better in life. I encourage you to do that. If you do, I can tell you your growth is going to happen because we don't want our connect groups just to meet and connect with each other. Hey, that's great. That brings growth, but that doesn't bring us into the supernatural. What brings us into the supernatural is when our groups meet, they talk about the Word. They talk about how we can reach out and be fishers of men and then instigate that. Once we start to instigate how to fish into our communities and we start to do it and become doers of the Word, we will walk in the supernatural. See, Peter didn't walk on water until he stepped out of the boat. Many of us, we will never ever get to experience the supernatural until we step out of our boats. What are our boats? It's in our own thinking. It's in the way that we separate from each other. It's in the way that there are these invisible walls that none of us can get through or penetrate because we're holding each other at bay. We need to start to let those come down. We need to start to connect. God brought each and every one of us here today to join with each other because there's a great harvest. So that's the first thing we need to do. Second thing you need to do to grow is you need to action. First one is get around people who are like-minded. The second one is to action your faith. Don't sit in a group and talk about the wonderful things of what God has done. Past tense. Talk about what God is wanting to do right now and then get out there and see it. Because when you start to see that growth, everyone will start to see that growth. And if you can do that, you can confidently say that you're walking on the water. But right now, if that isn't taking place, and this isn't about me being hard on anyone, I want to encourage you. If you feel like you're in that boat, today, make the decision. Get along to a connect group. But I don't know how to connect or get into a connect group. Come down the back to the Ask Me desk. We can set it up for you. But please, growth is on his mind. Why is growth on his mind? Because salvation is on his mind. And people who don't grow tend not to reach out to other people. So that's the message for today. We are meant to be the church that walks in the supernatural. If we choose not to hop out of that boat, then we choose to watch the supernatural take place all around us. And we may be able to talk about it. We may be able to say, reference it. But there'll be a longing in our hearts to say, man, there's more God. There's more God. There's more God. There's more God. But how do I get the more? How do I get the more? How do I get the more? How do you get the more? Get alongside people 
get into a group, start connecting. We're never supposed to do lives on our own. We're never supposed to do life just by listening to the same mentality that's around us the whole time. If someone is stuck and that's the only person you're listening to, you will be stuck. Get around people who are a little bit further in the journey. They will help you. They will move you towards it. So that's the first thing. Second thing is always remember, always be doers of the word. Don't come here and clap and lift your hands and say how wonderful Jesus is and what God has done and do nothing. That is probably the saddest, the saddest, the saddest thing that happens to the body of Christ and to those in Christ is that we just become empty sounding gongs. People are looking for real people. People are looking for people with solutions. People are looking for people that really care. So let's be that generation. Jesus is calling us today out of the boat, out of the boat, out of the boat. You don't have to respond to me today. You have to respond to him today. He's the only one that matters. He's the only one that matters. For some people, that responding to the boat could be even making a decision for Christ for the very first time and saying, you know what? I can feel Jesus calling me. I can feel him saying, come, come to me. For someone who has never believed in Christ before or who has never given their hearts to him, your first step could be stepping out of that boat by saying, Lord, I want to come to you. I want you to take a hold of my life and to change it, to bring it into alignment with your kingdom and your purpose. If that's you today, many people have done it and many people need to grow now from that. But if that's where you are at today, I want to give you the opportunity. See, because Jesus celebrates. When Peter stepped out on the water and started walking to him, do you think Jesus sat there and thought, I wonder how far he's going to get? No. When he stepped out of the boat, I can imagine Jesus' face saying, oh my goodness, he's done it. Someone has finally caught a hold of who I am. Someone has finally realized that I am the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I am the one who looks after all things. And when, that, when Peter stepped out of the boat, can you imagine Jesus' face saying, wow, one person out of 12 believes in me. And upon that revelation, I can not only build them, I can use them, I can transform them, I can transform communities, families, all around that one person who stepped out of the boat. Today, if that is you, I want to give you the opportunity of stepping out of the boat and being courageous. You know, there are 11 left in the boat. And I don't want to focus on them because the thing about it is when someone steps out, you're going to have people that are going to clap and cheer for them and say, awesome, you did well. But there are also going to be other people who think they've just showed me up. But today, Jesus is saying, don't worry about them. Worry about where you are at. Someone asks, I just want to take this time. Can we all just close our eyes? Because this is a personal moment. God is reaching out. 
to each and every one of us in a different way. But today, if the way that he is reaching out to you and saying, I want you to come to me, and this is your very first time you've ever come to him, I want you to raise your hand right now. I can feel God pulling on the hearts of people. Is there anyone today who is going to be courageous enough? See that hand. Thank you. I feel there's some more people here. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is calling you into the supernatural. He's trying to move you from that place that has always confined you. And he wants you to come to him. Is there any more people here today? Just going to hold it open for another minute. See those hands. call. Jesus is calling you out of the boat to walk in the supernatural with him. Today can be the day that everything has changed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want to do something that is going to really put you out on that water. I want to pray for all those who responded. But here's the thing. When Peter stepped out of the boat, there were witnesses. God does not hide us. God puts us on display like a proud father. And he says, these are my sons. These are my daughters. And what I'd like is I'd like all of those who raise their hands, if you can just make your way up to the front next to Peter because we want to get our leaders here and we want to pray for you and welcome you into the kingdom. stand why don't we celebrate all of these ones who have answered to the call and said yes, yes Jesus I'm coming to you I hear you, I see you I'm stepping out of my boat out of my comfort zone and I'm engaging you for the first time hallelujah church why don't we all stretch our hands out Okay, I just want everybody to repeat after me, including you guys, okay? Everyone's standing with you in this time. We're all celebrating the success. So, Father in heaven, today, I give my heart to you. I admit, I've tried to do things my own way. I've tried to be the own boss of my life. And it hasn't worked. 
But today, I'm believing, I'm expecting that that's going to change. In faith, I give my heart to you. I make a decision in my heart. And I'm confessing it with my mouth. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for that love. I thank you for my new life today. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. So why don't you, uh, why don't we have some leaders up here. Let's pray for them prophetically and bring a word for them. Everyone else, we're just going to start to worship. But if you want to leave, you're most welcome to leave. There's the guest lounge over here. Please remember, get connected. Because salvation is on the heart of God. Amen. Amen.